soon. No, you don't. Yes, I do. <laughs> I, <laughs> I swear it. <laughs> you swear it's for God? I swear it's for God. <laughs> yeah, I'd be saying that now. <laughs> I swear for God. Yeah, that. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I was like... I need to stop. No, you don't. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Okay, guys, we're late. It's like fucking Tuesday. This episode's due out tomorrow. Yeah. So you're going to get blasted in the face with like a, a porn t- video. Oh, <laughs> with a lot. Well, I have to put out last Clemshot. week's. Yes. I have to put out song of the week. I have to put out the soundbite. Book of the week is due today. And then tomorrow, our other post. Listen, we're just, we are full-time employees. All right. This is not, this is yep. not. Like your your typical content creator that and just does wait this to see what time. we have in store for future years. <sighs> Yo, if all goes right, yes, in the world we have a five year plan, people. <laughs> we have a five year plan. Where's what's your five year plan, people? We Come have on, five year plan. Oh my god. Okay, so listen, work's been crazy. Oh god, I was so I I got screwed right. Uh-oh. I was working physical with one over. <laughs> If you must know. Sorry. <laughs> yes. But no, like emotionally, mentally, physically, uh all of the above. All of it. All of it. I got screwed. So the other day I had to work with one other person. And there's supposed to be three people on second shift, right? And she is not the most competent human of all beings. Mm-hmm. Um and Ten thirty comes. Nope. Ten fifteen comes around, and she's like, "Okay, goodbye." And I was like, "The fuck? Where were you going?" Because I'm here till eleven, and there's only two of us. And she's like, "Yeah, I'm going home." I was like, mm, "No, you're not." Well, why not? I'm scheduled till ten thirty. I'm like, "That's nice." Um, because if I get like a trauma, and then there's a code or a rapid or a STEMI, or if all of a sudden we have a massive, which is like someone's bleeding the fuck out, yeah, and it happens all within that thirty minute window of you leaving, actually forty five, because you're trying to leave right now at ten fifteen. Um, I'll be fucked. Yeah. So I spent that forty five minutes because nothing happened. In those 45 minutes. She did stay. Oh. Till 11. She stayed. But if she didn't. But if she hadn't, I'm getting there. Yeah. So I basically was like sitting there explaining to her like on other occasions where people have left early and we've been screwed and like how the dynamics of it all works or whatever. And she's like, you know, I honestly like I didn't realize. But now that I know, like if it happens again, I'll just stay. I'm like, okay, I appreciate you. Thank you. So she leaves. And. This is why you need to be careful what you say in a hospital because I feel like the hospital is a magical place. Uh-oh. A magical manifesting place? Yes. Uh-oh. Extra from anywhere else. Like, this is the only place where, like, planets being in retrograde and there being a full moon and it being Friday the 13th, this is the only place where those things actually matter. Yep. Like, out in the real world, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. In a hospital, it does. Mm-hmm. Okay? So... I say is at 10.50, you know, at this point, nothing's going to happen. Like, you're going to be fine. Nothing's going to happen right now. I should have kept my damn mouth shut because I worked a double that day. So that means that at 11, I did not go home. I stayed till 7 a.m. Okay? And the second she walked out the door, we got not one. But two MVAs, and one of them was a massive. <gasps> Droma, oh, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> so apparently there was like a Hold driver. On, so no one else came in. Uh, no, they did, but they were setting up. So our person in blood bank had to keep running out, and he's not supposed to leave. Okay. And I was like the only person that was like ready to go, but I couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. Right. So God, one lady like she like called for an uber and like her foot got ran over as she was trying to get into the street to get into her car so that was like part of the one of the two mvas um it's really a foot injury but the the second one so there's a driver and a passenger and they hit a pedestrian and we got the pedestrian and the passenger because the driver went to the other campus because he was like or she or whoever honestly i don't know they were fine, but the passenger and the pedestrian, not so much. Like, the pedestrian ended up going out to Tufts. Like, they went away. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So, careful what you say in hospitals, folks. Oh, my God. So, like, the S word, like, 
slow or words like quiet yep. or it's dead in here or nothing's going on. Shut the fuck up. Yep. Oh my God, there's nobody in the hall. Shut up. Yep. Do- this place is packed, people. You no. <laughs> it's like the it's like the day that like so our system crashed and I was the first one to notice. So like at 8 p.m., our, our stuff generates every four hours. And at 8 p.m., we had nothing. And I'm like, you know, it's just a little suspicious because, you know, like 8 p.m., 9, 10, and midnight are like hot usually yeah. for lab draws because everything's timed between like every four to six or eight yeah. hours and that's just where it lands. And there was nothing. Uh-oh. And I texted Bossy Boss and I was like, brother, just so you know, we all sit in here because there's nothing on the pending, but like, I feel like this is wrong. And he goes, no, it's just a slow night. Like, I know you texted it, but you son of a bitch. You still put that shit out there. Mm -hmm. So then Colleen's phone back-to-back calls from the ED. And she confirms what I had suspected, which was that the system was broken. Fuck. So then um, called Bossy Boss again. And I was like, hey, friend, um, it is indeed broken. It's not working. And he thought that, that it was a slow night, even though across three hospitals... It was exactly the same. Like there was no, I was like, you don't think that's, that's weird. You don't think that's bizarre. That should be red flags going up fucking everywhere. So long story short, he got on the phone with the company. They resolved it. Not really. The next day it was restored. But like, again, I had to work a double. So I suffered through all of that by myself. Um, Ryan, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but I kind of hate you for this. Uh, he got an email basically praising him for such a good job well done for figuring out the problem and getting it resolved. And me and Colleen got dick. Not a single ounce of recognition. Not a, hey, just want to say thanks to these two girls for picking it up on the front. Nope. He just took that dick sucking like a champ and just... (sighs) Why is he Homelander all let's, of a sudden? <laughs> let's, left us watching from outside. Please, sir, can I have, have one more? more? <laughs> oh, so that sucks. So those are some highlights of my week. Yeah. I don't think he listens. But if he does, then surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't have to tell you. Some, uh, some <laughs> praise, motherfucker. Yeah, that'd be some, that'd be some, some nice. It's fine. Whatever. I have nothing to say. He tends to be a little on the oblivious side, like all men are. So I like almost like don't even want to blame him, but also like the fuck, the fuck. The world is run by women. Do we not know this? I, I guess not. Um, speaking of women, oh, so I've seen. Um, seen? Yeah, I seen. I seen some episodes. I think I got like two episodes in for uh, this show called Echoes. Never it's heard. on Netflix. It's a Netflix original, I think. Is it new? Um, yes. So let me just read you the description. The synopsis. Lenny and Gina are identical twins who have secretly swapped their lives since they were children, culminating in a double life as adults. But one of the sisters goes missing and everything in their perfectly schemed world turns into chaos. The fuck? Starring Michelle Monaghan, mm. Matt Bomer. Mm. Let me see. Hold on. Michael O'Neill. Maybe not. You know who this is. Okay. Jonathan Tucker. I love him. I know, me too. Uh, Danielle Sunhata, I think, or Sunjata. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Um, Let me just show you who Michael O'Neill is. You know exactly who this is. Yo, Jonathan Tucker is so underrated. I I know. And I fucking hate it. I hate it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He always plays an asshole. Yeah. Well, he's dad. So these girls, um, their mom died. So it's just dad. And they have another sister. I am so sorry. I forgot. (laughs) The timing, Siri. The timing. That was good. Whatever. So they have another sister who's in a wheelchair. Um, but, (laughs) um, Lenny and Gina. They live very different lives. At this point, like, so you... Okay, let me... 
go back. So Lenny lives out in the country. Okay. Running a ranch, working like 12 hour days, hands on, right? Gina is, I think, a publisher in New York, something like that. Mm. Lives a very high, fancy life. Yeah. Okay. So, couldn't be more opposite. Gina gets a call that Lenny's gone missing. And the way that they, so, cause when you really think about this, like life swapping, do you, you realize you have to know every single detail of every single moment. So, what they do is at the end of every day, they have, I don't know if it's like a website for just themselves or some kind of journal thing, but they each leave a journal entry every night detailing like what's happened and keeping them up on like, the bigger picture of things and things like that. And then they meet every year on their birthday and that's when they swap. And there's this scene where like you see them in the middle of a swap and they're standing in front of each other, absolutely naked, just kind of like observing. This is going to sound very weird and sexual, but that's not what this is, but they're like touching each other, looking for differences. So like if one gained weight, then the other one would notice. Or if like one, like, I'm finds sorry. a scar. Is this two women? No. Oh, it's, a I, it's, a it's Michelle Monaghan. Plays oh, both. both. Oh, yeah. Okay. She plays both. Okay. Matt Bomer. Matt Bomer is um, his name is Jack Beck. He plays Lenny's husband, and then um, Danielle Sunjata plays yeah. Gina's husband. And is, do they ever go into why? It's so they have like flashbacks from when they were kids. Yeah. Um, so Lenny and Gina met Jack on the ranch when they were like preteens. And immediately, um, Lenny fell in love with him. Mm. But she also kind of gave Gina the green light. She was like, You can talk to him. Like, it's fine. Like, they shared everything. So as they got older, um, Jack chose to stay with Lenny. So they have been sweethearts since they were kids. Mm -hmm. And Gina started becoming more secretive. And this is where Jonathan Tucker comes in. He plays Dylan James. He's like the bad boy that came from out of town. And Gina immediately attracted to him, wanted him. And Lenny tried to talk her out of it. She's like, oh, he's not good for you. He's a troublemaker, all this other stuff. She wasn't having it. So... Um, that happens in the flashbacks, but Gina gets a call that Lenny's gone missing and it's literally like a week before their birthday. So Gina comes to town trying to assess and everybody, like no one likes Gina. She's bougie. She left, blah, blah, blah. Well, this is all in the first episode. Jesus. So she, Lenny left her clue. So we're trying to figure out was Lenny taken or did Lenny run away? Because her and Jack weren't doing well. Mm. So Hmm. she follows some clues that Lenny left behind and it goes into a cave behind a waterfall and there's an outfit and a note. It's your, it's your turn now, Len. Have fun. So Gina hasn't been Gina. Gina is actually Lenny. The fuck? Yeah. But Lenny is missing, but Lenny's actually Gina. So Lenny comes back home. And she's in a hotel, right? So she's trying to shed Gina. And you see her practicing because Lenny has a very Southern accent and Gina has a New York accent. So she's trying to go back, like, styling her hair the way that Lenny would, wearing clothes that Lenny would. Um, She had to wound herself to make it look like she was disoriented and, like, all of a sudden Lenny was found, right? But now she's, like, for three episodes playing both the part of Gina and Lenny. What the fuck? Yes. That's a mess. But it it's not so messy because Jack was like, he he was like, basically in so many words said that him and Lenny weren't doing okay. And and he was like, oh, when was the last to, to, to quote unquote Gina? He was like, when was the last time you talked to Lenny? And she's like, I talked to her every day. Oh, what did she say? You're working 12 hour days. And he's like, I can't remember the last time that Lenny worked a 12 hour day. So even in the journal entries, she was lying to her sister. But this is just, it tracks with Gina. So I think I only saw like three episodes, but it's really good. Um, So now we have Lenny who's actually looking for Gina and things are happening. So I guess like a big transaction was scheduled to come out of a bank account and they needed Gina's permission. 
So Gina was like, um, I don't want it withdrawn until after 2.30. And she was able to go to the bank. And as she's arriving at the bank, she sees Gina actually come out. And she is like rugged, like leather jacket, heavy, dark makeup. And she's with Dylan. Now, Dylan had met up with, with the real Lenny thinking she was the fake Lenny. And I know, I'm sorry. This is very confusing. So, so they had met up and she thought that like up until this point, she was fooling everybody, but Dylan knew better. So he took her to a cabin that him and um, Gina frequented. He knew the whole time. He's like, I know that you guys have been swapping because Gina told me. Did you really think that you could fool me? And all this other shit. So they were doing some bad shit. Um, but that's where I left off. I was like, this is... Where does it end? No, I don't know. I think there's like 10 episodes. But I was like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Because now... um. They saw each other, but now it's like, okay, so Gina has now run away with her high school sweetheart, the bad boy that she's always liked. Yeah. But she has a whole ass husband in New York. And technically Lenny is back because the one that was actually Lenny who was playing Gina came back as Lenny. It's a whole clusterfuck of a mess. And that's only three episodes? Girl, I'm exhausted. That's why I had to stop. I was like, I can't. Are you serious right now? I need a minute. I'm like... So, IMBD gives it a 5.8 out of 10. That's low. So far, though, I was very intrigued. So, I mean, I'm not going to give it that much higher up. I was going to give it a 6. Okay. But I was just like, oh, y'all... Oh! Wow! I would just watch it for Tucker. And I do like Monahan. She's good. All right. She's a little bizarre, though. Well, the whole thing sounds bizarre, yeah. Joe. I just, I wasn't sure where this was. Go- because at one point, like, pint. What? Sorry. <laughs> Do you I, want a beer? <laughs> sorry. I meant to say something else and then point came out. So, like, at one point, like, Matt Bomer is um, Lenny's husband and he's drunk and he fell asleep on the couch. And he wakes up and, yes, it's the real Lenny, but at this point, we all thought it was still Gina. Mm. And he starts to make out with her and she kind of lets it happen. So I was like, oh, my God. Like, is this is this where it's going? Like, yeah. the, the sister is actually in love with the other husband and this is where we're going? No, it's because this is really her husband. This is really her husband. And she has a child that she has to leave for a year. The fuck? Yeah. So she's trying to figure out, like, fuck, Gina, how, why did you fuck me so hard? Like, why did you? But then when you look at, like, the, the flashbacks... You see resentment building within Gina towards Lenny. This is very fascinating. And they thought that the way to fix this would just be to swap lives every year. They just thought that this this is going to be great. This is going to be good for us. Yeah. And it was very like, (laughs) it was very much like Gina got mad at Lenny because Lenny was keeping things to herself and Gina felt entitled. God forbid. She felt entitled to know everything about her sister and I can't remember if it was Gina's idea and Lenny just went with it to appease her sister or if it was the other way around. But regardless. This is why I'm glad I don't have a sister. I mean. <laughs> Thinking of how, like. <laughs> could you, can we just, like, think about this for a second, though, right? Because even if, like, you're pregnant for nine months, you are expecting to leave that child two months later. No. You just went, like, they probably, at that point, they probably went longer. Like, you know what, let's wait yeah, a few years, and then we'll swap. But then you still have to leave your whole-ass husband and your child and let your sister hit that while you're sleeping with your brother-in-law. Yeah, that's yucky. Because when you, like, if it was, it'd be one thing if they were, like, single. But yeah. they're both married. Even, like, they're doing their jobs. Yeah. You're like, the fuck? What? What's happening? You know, I really need to stop talking about people. Ryan just texted me. You're not going into work. No, he said Tuesday instead of Wednesday. Today's Tuesday. No, not today. Next oh. next week. He's working on my schedule. I'll See? Text the him universe is listening, people. Yeah. Now it's, uh, oh, now he's sending me a, a, a smiling, crying emoji. Jesus. Well, while you text him back, I'm going to tell our people about Woodstock 99. Yeah, can you? Which is, yes, I will. 
<laughs> it's a uh, small docuseries on Netflix, which it's probably old news by now, but it's called Woodstock 99. And uh, it what it was, it was a festival held in July in 1999 in Rome, New York. And they did it as they wanted it to be like a nine, the 90s revival of the famous 1969 Woodstock 30 years later. Mm-hmm. But if we remember our music history well, the 60s uh, festival, the, the OG, was very hippy-dippy. Got Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Grateful Dead, like right. very mellow type music. And it, it was about the music. It was about the loving, the drugs and feeling good and getting dirty and bathing with other naked people. And oh, just, my God. I literally wouldn't have survived. So the main organizer for that, he's the one who's like, yo, 30 years later, let's do it up again. He wanted to bring back that whole... That vibe again, right? Okay. But this is, but they wanted to do it with new artists, like present day major artists in the nineties. <sighs> Did you think we had any hippy dippy, nice, lovey feeling things? It was not going to be the sixty nine Woodstock. So I mean, l- this line. I think we were like in our Tupac era in you the nineties. Oh God, Limp Bizkit. No, Corn, already Red Hot Chili Jesus Peppers, Christ. Kid Rock. Okay, um, you had. I'm, I'm looking here. Foo Fighters. Oh, they they were supposed to do it, but they didn't. So, uh, what's his name? James Brown fucking played. James Brown. What the hell? Yes. So, talk about your lineup. It was a three-day thing. You had thousands upon thousands of people. And instead of it being in a field, which is what the 1969 festival was, this Uh was on an abandoned Air Force base. So, there was a lot of tarmac. Hangers where they would have like after the stage show they'd have like raves in like a hangar. Okay. So they could keep it going all night long. I feel like this is going to a very dangerous place. Yo, this shit blew up literally. Literally. You had it a lot of um angst. Okay. Yeah. Um there were a lot of overflowing toilets. Water ran out. It was very muddy of shit, like shit river. People were Ew. messing in. Um, it was hot as fuck, plus drugs, plus alcohol. Water was like eight dollars back in nineteen ninety nine. So, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was something fucking ridiculous, and people were sick of it, and so they started revolting. Basically, when all the shit was happening, so they started tearing down, you know, the uh, the sound stage that's in the middle of the crowd. Uh- Oh, God. Thing. Then they decided to do, because Columbine just happened. So what did they do? They gave everybody in the audience, in this very rage-filled audience, they gave them candles to do a vigil. Are they stupid? On the last night. The place erupted in flames. Oh, my God. They were burning shit down. All the artists were gone at this point. It was chaos. People were leaving in droves. Did, but then- did any of the artists that performed, did any of them speak throughout the... They egged it on. Red Hot Chili Peppers egged it on. Um, no, Limp Biscuit was probably and Corn were probably the worst. That does not surprise me. No. Um, so they were like telling people, not telling them to do these things, but just like getting them, getting their rage up. You know what I mean? No. So there yeah, was mosh they just, pits upon mosh pits. I knew those guys were doing. And then the whole time they had the press there. And they had press conferences after every day. And the organizers were like, it's all good. It's all fun. Basically lying and making it like color coded, like color coded, like candy colored, you know, like everything's rosy over here. Not to mention that at one point after the performances at a rave hangar, they saw a van drive in the middle of the floor. And they later found out that there was a 15-year-old girl raped inside <gasps> that van. And Ew. so after the festival, there was all this, like... Just chaos. Chaos. Absolute chaos. Like, this thing, this documentary is called Trainwreck, Woodstock 99, because this you know, thing honestly, was a mess. I'd seen it, and I was like, meh, I don't know. I think it's... Mm. It's very interesting to see what goes into a show, like a festival like this. And like, all who the put different- this together? The same dude who did 69. 
The same organizer. I forget his name. Tommy Lang, I think. My God. You know, it's called nostalgia for a reason. Yeah. It was like the complete opposite. So, like, in the documentary, who was speaking? Like, was it, like, people that were there? Yes. Them. They had some of the artists, like, lead singer of Korn was interviewed. Oh, he was there? Um, the organizer, the Tommy guy who basically, and his producer. Did he get, like... Did did he any charges were pressed? Nothing. No, this is just it happened. I and think we're he. Calling I think he. If anything, he was probably. And if they said something, and I'm totally wrong. I forget, it's been a while since I watched this, but I'm pretty sure he got like he got slapped for some of it, but not enough to make it worthy. Holy shit! Yeah, but it was just like to see what they wanted and what they got. It was like. But you could see where all the different elements came together to be like, well, it's no surprise at that point. Yeah. When you don't give them water, everybody's hot. They're on drugs. Like, you, you're you charging them up the ass for water, which should be, like, free. Yeah. And especially at a festival. Do you remember being in the pit and that one security guard, like, pouring water into yeah. our mouths? Because yeah. we were, like, so, not that we... This was just a regular fuck. What show was that? I feel like Beartooth was involved. Was it Warped Tour? No, 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 no. This was at the House of Blues. Or that or the Pavilion. Then it was probably, it was either Bear or BBB asking. Yeah. But I remember, like, we were right up front and center, and they were pouring water into our mouth. You know what? No, they did that at Warp Tour as well. I do remember that. You're yep. right. Yeah. And that, did, oh my God, it was like high 90s. And humid at least we were under as a shade. Humid as fuck, but then it rained and it just made it worse. Yep. Usually rain, I feel like, cools everything Can down. You, Matt, but this is a three-day event. People bring tents. Like, they're camping So, basically, right like, there. our situation, but, like, multiply that by, by a like, a thousand. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. And I was like, how was that enjoyable? It couldn't have been. There's like, nobody that left there. Around? No one left there and was like, that was the best night in my life. Oh, my like, God. Like, nobody. It was very interesting to see the adults now talking about it when they were teens going. Mm-hmm. And I was just, like, getting their take on everything. It was just mind-boggling. Very good docuseries. Very short. High praise. So, oh, I mean, wow. if, like, this is what they show. Like, we watched a lot of that stuff. When I went to school and college, because I went for music business, so we watched a video of like a Rolling Stones concert back in the day, and <laughs> yeah, how like, bad this is it how was. not to do it, basically. Wow, because they hired security, and the security was Hell's Angels, and they paid them with beer. No, yes. what the fuck? They had naked people sitting on the stage with them, like a dog was you know, walking around the stage. I, I've <laughs> been to a lot of shows, and I have to say that some of the most outrageous thing well, one of the most outrageous things that I saw was a girl get up on stage and flash everybody, and a guy actually reached up and grabbed her boob. Which oh, I, they talk about this. Like, that. that's, that's, what are you doing? Because. Like, it's not enough to see it. You have to fucking put your hands on it. That was actually a big element in this docuseries, was because there was a lot of nudity going on. A lot of girls were topless. Lots of dudes were not wearing anything. And oh so if the girl was crowd surfing, they said that they would just feel hands like, yes, everywhere. that's why I don't do it. It's not it's got nothing to do with my size because yep. I get that I'm five foot nine and over 200 pounds. But there are bigger dudes that crowd surf. Yep. But I as a woman will never crowd surf because nope. I know that there's some going to be some asshole that's going to reach up and cop a feel. Yeah. So one of the yeah, one of the girls interviewed was that happened to her. And I was like, Jesus, I'm all set. I'm all set. So anyway, good stuff. Yeah. Well, let's bring it back into Netflix. Okay. Right? Actually, I think what what was about these these next yeah these so Echoes was on Netflix. Woodstock '99 is on Netflix. So I saw a clip on TikTok of a movie, and in the scene, and it was a a woman yelling at her mother on the ground, basically saying, "I'm running things now," but with such utter rage. Before I give you the name of this movie, I'm gonna give you the cast. Oh, okay. Meryl Streep. Okay. Dermot Maturney. Mulroney. Sorry. I love him. I can't see very well. Julia Roberts. Okay. Juliette Lewis. What? Chris Cooper. What? Ewan McGregor. What? Margot Martindale. No idea. Sam Shepard. You know who she is. Julianne Nicholson. Abigail Breslin. What the hell? Benedict Cumberbatch. What? What is this movie? Yeah. What? Wait, is this new? No. What? No. What is this? This movie is from 2013. 
It is called August Osage County. I've never heard of this. I've not either. Now, I watched this purely for the simple fact that Meryl Streep was on the floor sobbing. I'm sorry, in a chair sobbing. And Julia Roberts got not a half inch from her face screaming, I'm running things now. And I was like... Julia Roberts? I was like, I don't know what this is. But I need it. I've never... I've never... These are huge names. You said 23rd. Yeah. So, man, I was... Oh, never mind. You know what? That's when I graduated college. So I was not with it. I was not with the times. Well, so we open up with... Benedict. Sam Shepard talking to... Her name is Misty Upham. She's like a nurse aide. Okay. And he's basically going on about how he's an alcoholic and his... Is this modern day? N- no. I mean, this is 2013. Oh, well, meaning is it like, it's yeah, not yeah, no, an it's, oldie? It's modern okay. day. It's modern day. It's modern to that year. Um, actually, let me just read this real quick. A look at the lives of the strong-willed women of the Weston family, whose paths have diverged until a family crisis bring them back to the Oklahoma house they grew up in oh. and to the dysfunctional woman who raised them. You know what? Oklahoma, say no more. Yo, and I'm talking like so fucking rural. Like, well, that's where Joe Exotic is from. If if you drive on this road on a half a tank of gas, you're not going to get out of there. No. Type of shit, right? <sighs> so he's talking to this nurse aide and explaining that he's an alcoholic and his wife has become a handful and he can no longer take care of her anymore, so he needs help. Meryl Streep is the wife. She's got oral cancer and has become severely addicted to her painkillers. Oh, okay. Right? So, the next scene is, um, he goes missing. Dad. So, his daughters, who are Julia Roberts, she plays Barbara Weston, Juliette Lewis plays Karen Weston, and then, uh, Julianne Nicholson plays Ivy Weston. So, Ivy is the one that stayed. She's the middle child. Um, Barbara is the oldest, and then Karen's the youngest. Barbara is married to Bill, who is Ewan McGregor, and they have a daughter, which is Abigail Breslin. And then Juliette Lewis is engaged to Dermot Mulroney, who plays Steve. Um... So the girls all come home, and on the ride there, you can see that, like, Barbara and her husband, um, Bill, they're having issues. They're they're having some sort of issue. Um, then Karen arrives with her fiancé, and she's, like, from L.A., so she's just going on and on and on about herself. Uh, you quickly find out that... Oh, God. The, oh, the thing, ab- the right thing about this movie is that, like, nothing is a spoiler. You you watch it for the sheer audacity of these people. Like. <laughs> She's struggling, people. <laughs> Meryl Streep suffering from cancer and having a pill addiction and being the raging cunt that she is in this movie. Like, that woman can play any part, and I believe that's who she is in real life. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's what's called being a good actress. High as shit. Degrading her daughters. Mm. Degrading. Because they find out that dad died. He took. He got on his fishing boat. He went onto the lake, and... Bye-bye, dad. They assume that he killed himself, but it's not confirmed. But gotcha. whatever. So you go through the funeral. You gotta live with that. I, I won't go no the- further. This this whole thing climaxes at the family dinner at the funeral. Like it's like a funeral dinner, and dinner served. And um, Benedict Cumberbatch character is he seems like a royal fuck up. So he is the son of Margot Martindale, who plays Maddie Faye, and Chris Cooper, who plays Charlie. I love Chris Cooper. I do too. He's just such a gentleman. Ever since fucking. October Sky with Jake Gyllenhaal. I love that man. I was like, he, you play asshole well, but like... But he also plays gentle well. Yes. And in this, he's gentle. Because yes. Maddie Faye and um, Violet, which is Meryl Streep's um, character, they're sisters. Mm-hmm. Right? So the way that Maddie Faye treats her son is the reason why serial killers are born. 
100% believed. Yes. Like, you're a loser. You couldn't get a woman if you wanted to. You're just lazy. Oh, can you believe that he lost his job because of this? All you do is sit there and watch TV and you can see him just fighting, like wanting to tell his mother off, but doesn't. The only thing that saved that boy is his dad, Charlie. Jesus. Which culminated to, if you say one more mean thing to that boy, you and I, because he was like, you and I have been together 38 years. We will not make it to 39 if you say one more mean thing. And then he starts talking about, like, why her and her sister, Violet, are so toxic. Like, just disgusting women who just love to live in their bullshit. Yep. So, clearly, Barbara and Bill are having issues. But we're not talking about it. Karen and her fiance, he's sketchy, but we're not talking about it. But Violet never misses a thing. So at the peak of her being high on these pills. And when I tell you that this woman smoked one cigarette after that. In this scene, that took no more than 10 minutes. She probably smoked six cigarettes. Fucking hell. Yes. She... Turned to her daughter to Violet because Violet was giving her shit. So she went on this spiel earlier on where, like, oh, you were your daddy's favorite. And when I got diagnosed with cancer, you didn't come, but your daddy went missing and you showed up right the fuck away. So she's like hurt by it, right? So Violet's like trying to give back as much. Um, Barbara's trying to give back as much as she's getting from her mom. Mm-hmm. She takes a drag of her cigarette. She goes, Are you two separated yet or what? And just airs out. Lots of tea. Lots airs of tea. out all the dirty laundry. Oh, I love this. Then you find out that Ivy and... <clears throat> what's his name? They call him Little Charles. Benedict Cumberbatch is... Yeah, they call him Little, Little Charles. <laughs> and he, like... He, the whole time, Ivy's like, his name is Charles. And they're just like, Little Charles, Little Charles, Little Charles. Because his dad's name, obviously, is Charles. So you find out that Ivy and and... Little Charles have something going on, but they're like first cousins. But it's almost at the same time. It's like, Oklahoma, so it's not fine. only that, but like Ivy's never left her parents' side, and she doesn't have the opportunity to meet anybody. Oh God, is, is this a movie yes, or a show? It's oh a movie. My God, when I tell you that, when you think it can't get worse, it does. <gasps> what? <laughs> oh my god! I need to go home and watch this right fucking. I'm not now. gonna. I'm not gonna tell you like the bigger spoilers, but I was just like, I solely went in to watch this because of the fucking cast and every single one of these motherfuckers delivered. I don't give a shit. Like I was just here for the tea, bitch. Like, and I got it all. I- I'm sure you did. Oh god, is it on Netflix? Is that where I found it? Oh, Sash. Oh, wait. I remember seeing this cover. Is it on Netflix? Well, or is it on Prime? Prime, because it's on Showtime Netflix. And you can rent it on Prime. Hot damn. Yeah. But the cast alone, I was like, holy shit. And this the, is a wicked the solid ca- cast. It's like, put it this way. It's like Shameless condensed into one movie. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. This looks so good. These these people took their parts very seriously and delivered. You know why this was good? Why? Because it was um, produced and directed and written by John Wells, John Wells who did ER, The West Wing, uh, Animal Kingdom, and Shameless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Holy so, fuck. So if John Wells is... T, like if his, if his specialty is chaos, he excelled here. Yep. All, all of them, they're like a lot of people in the cast. Yeah. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Heavy topics. Someone gets hit with a shovel. Yep. Um, wow. There's just a lot of shit. There's nasty shit that goes down that you just didn't even want to fucking know about. It's just, I was... I, I'm here for it. I was sugareth as fuck. Sugareth as fuck. Oh my God. It I'm was watching insane. it. insane. But I'm I loved every moment of it. I give it an eight. IMDb gave it a 7.2. Yeah. I gave it an 8. Nice. That shit was, I couldn't stop. I was like, it's like, you know when you're sweeping your grass because the neighbors are fighting? (laughs) Like that. 
<laughs> you're like knitting your grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Wow. You're like giving your dog a facial outside. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, like that type of shit. Oh my God, I love it. was so it. good. Um, but you watched something interesting that I did not get to watch and I wanted to. Well, it's a new, it's a new deal. And it's only on Peacock. Yes. And it is called They Them. They Slash Them. Yes. Okay. And it stars Mr. Kevin Bacon. Love him. So I was like, God, Daddy, it. and it's 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 touted as a horror movie. Kevin Bacon coming back to horror. I was about it. Yeah, um, I feel like that man belongs there. Yeah, and it's funny because they this takes place at a camp. So yeah, they made they made a Friday the Thirteenth reference, and I was like, he was in it. Remember? Yeah, no, that's probably why. Yeah, I just <laughs> anyway. it looked wicked cheesy. So let me give you the synopsis. Oh god. A group of teenagers at an LGBTQ plus conversion camp Gross endures unsettling psychological techniques while being stalked by a mysterious masked killer. So there's your horror, right? Now in I'm I don't know, I cannot speak for these actors. Um I don't know if they are really I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. One of whom, our main character Jordan, is trans. And uh, played by Theo Germain. Splendid, beautiful, love it. Uh, the other one that, the only other two people I know that's in it is Carrie Preston, who was in True Blood. Um, the redhead. Yes. Um, and then Anna Chlumsky, who I can't remember why I know her. Um, oh, she was in My Girl. Remember that as a kid? No. I'd have to see. Actually, let me just look it up. Uh, why do I know, what do I know her from? Hannibal, Law and Order, White Collar. Oh, yeah, she was the main character in My Girl. Yeah. Okay, there you go. So, <laughs> first off, we're starting off hot, right? It, we're at a fucking gay conversion camp. That's awful. And you have... You have the girl that's from a very high-end, classy town. Parents are rich, religious... She's gay, but doesn't want to come out. There's um, another girl who is uh, Asian, and she is um, she's gay as well. And her parents, she was doing it. She f- pretended that her parents had an issue with it, but really she was in there to do a college paper about gay conversion camps. Oh my god! Um, and then you have, you know, your a, a gay guy, a gay. Uh, like frat boy who's into sports and his parents don't want him to be gay. Mm. And we have Jordan who's our trans. We have another trans woman. I've seen and then a few others. Theo Germain I've seen. Yeah. Um so anyway, Kevin Bacon is the leader of this camp, right? And he has his wife by his side who's Carrie Preston and she's also like the camp therapist. And then Anna Trump Chlumsky, I can't even say that. Plays um, Molly, and she's like the nurse, and she's new. I just want you to know that this was directed by John Logan, who directed Skyfall, The Aviator, Sweeney Todd, Rango. Don't look any further. Penny <laughs> Dreadfuls. Why not? Because that makes sense. No. What? At all? No. Mm-mm. Um. So I'll let me let me just say. So Kevin Bacon, he's the leader, and he's like, "Hey, we're not gonna hit you with God. We're not gonna, we're not gonna be like being gay is bad. You know, this is you know, for here you have a reason, and we're just gonna talk." So they basically set it up as like group therapy sessions, and then they go in with his wife. They can do private stuff, but then they can also just like be wherever, like go on the lake, do whatever. Mm-hmm. But then, so I was like, "Oh, freedom, yay!" But then he goes, "Okay." Girl cabin, boy cabin. And I was like, what? But they're, they're they thems. Yeah. And so Jordan, who's our MC, she's like, where do you want me to go? He's like, just go to the boy cabin. Like, very not cool with it. And like, you can immediately see that they're like butting heads, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And then like, it starts off all nice. And then you start to see that, like, things that they say, you're like, Okay, so you really don't like gay people oh, or okay. trans or anything. They just try to make it warm and welcoming at first. Yes. And so I'm going to spoil this because what do you think IMDb gave this? Like a five. A three <gasps> out of ten. This movie was trash. Was this it? This movie was awful. Oh, my God. Because then... 
They have. Did is it one of those things where we missed the point, or did the director miss the point? Was there a metaphor that we weren't aware of? No. It, there should have been. This was this, really sad. This, no, this is another case of the outline is better than the actual movie. Like it's just an outline. There's no meat here. There's literally like we don't really know anything about our characters. But Amanda, you said that at one point they they referenced Friday the Thirteenth. Did yes. you think that Friday the Thirteenth had meat? I guess not. So would you not say that this was just okay. Friday the Thirteenth, but they threw in a whole they them cast? Is that not the point? Like Friday the Thirteenth, but. Gay edition? I don't... Queer edition? That makes so much sense. Oh, so now but, it's all good? <laughs> but it's kind of like... So let, let me continue. The The darkness, the horror aspect, I guess, comes in because they have a cabin where if the gay conversion isn't working, they basically torture them into converting. Yeah, like they used to back yeah, in the day. Yeah, so they like tie them down, they make them watch things, and then they electrocute them like when a boy... To re- like it's... Yeah. Fr- yeah. They did it in so American like, Horror Story. Yeah, so it's like an emotional response or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and they're... But they they walk into this room and there's like chains and hooks and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, it's scary. And then there's the creepy like uh, landscaper, like the, the handyman. And he's creepy, he's bald, he's got a comb over. And then you can see he's installed cameras in the bathroom. In the girls' bathroom. And uh, you see him, like, going, logging onto his little computer, like, 90s computer in the corner. And he's, like, logging in. This man, we've only known, he only has, like, a two-minute screen time. His entire room in his little cabin, dummies, ventriloquist dolls, everywhere. And I was like, this has, okay, yes. What did that have to do with anything? Absolutely (laughs) fucking nothing. Because then he gets killed by our mass killer. Like, right then and there. And I was like, okay, why the dolls? What was the point? Had zero... Okay, you could have just shown us he that, that he had cameras, and then that would have told us he's a creep. You didn't have to put all these <laughs> fucking dummies. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And I was like, okay, that's the first notch in the in the bad yeah. column here, okay? Um, and then, like, uh, the mass killer, yeah, is going around and... The athletics director, who's a man, and uh, the uh, woman's home ec guide, teacher, whatever, she, um, they're together, but they're both gay secretly. So they're, like, oh, staring at Jesus pictures Christ. of, like, he, like, he's looking at a picture of the frat boy that they have at the camp, and she is looking at another girl. And it's, like, so heinous, because they were doing, sh- the boys were doing shooting practice while the girls were doing pie-making. And to make, force them into their roles, right? And Kevin Bacon's like, all right, we have our old dog Duke here. You can either shoot him to show us that you're a man and that you're a predator and you're strong and you can hunt for your family. Or the athletic instructor will hit him with a sledgehammer so that he's in pain and just keep on hitting him with a sledgehammer just to hurt him. Or you, or you shoot him and kill him. And I was like, like, that was part of the conversion therapy. I was like, what the fuck I mean, is this? To be honest, that's frightening. And then it's almost like they give them tests. So then one of the uh, the girls who is secretly gay, when she's in the home ec class, the teacher is like coming on to her and like like feeding her and like Very touching sensual-y. her. And they're like pushing them to make a gay move, basically. All right. As a test. <sighs> And I was like, this is... Oh, why to would- see if she would give in? Yeah. But she was also secretly gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, this whole thing is just, like, icky. Like, in not a good way. Maybe you're supposed to feel that way. But it was... I don't know. It just... It didn't Was feel- it badly done? It was just... It was just badly done. And I don't know if it's... Everybody's coming out saying, like... Oh, how dare they put, like, a they-them as, like, a horror trope and it's a gay conversion camp. And I was just like, it wasn't... So the whole mass killer scenario. I'm sorry, but we're either inclusive or we're not. I don't. I don't know. Like the whole mass killer, it felt so like a last minute. Oh yeah, let's do this. Just to add a a rotten cherry on top. And do do you want me to tell you who the killer is? I mean, I think I I guess who is it? Bacon. No, it's not. Is it the frat boy? No, it's the wife. It's the nurse. 
who was a past camper, and because he ruined her life. I didn't know there was a nurse. <laughs> I told you in the beginning. Oh, did you? I must have missed that part. And she came back, and she was like, fuck you guys, because you, you tortured know, I us. don't like that. That just gives nurses bad names. I'm just like, well, I just, I feel like I could have, it. and then they put the, like, they're putting people together. Like, of course, there was a gay scene between the frat boy and, like, the weird, the weirdo with long hair. And then they put, like, and then there was a girl-on-girl scene. Like, one each, guys. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if it was, like, too forced. I don't know if it was missing something. I'm going to have to watch it. Because... I want you to watch it because I... Didn't get it. I didn't get it. And I was like, I get the horror aspect. I get it. But, like... But you don't. Something missed. Is something missed. Something missed. And that's why I'm wondering if, like, was something missed in the editing room? Like, did they have the meat and they let go of the meat? Um, like, what is Like, happening? we don't have time for the meats. Yeah. It's too beefy. There's always time for the meats. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I actually would want you to watch this because I genuinely am interested to see if maybe I'm just dumb and I missed it. No. But IMDb is also agreeing with me that it's a 3 out of 10. Yeah, but we don't usually agree with IMDb. I know, but that's why I need your opinion. All right, I got you. You are more woke than I. No, I'm not. Calm yes, down. You are. All right, we're going to wrap this up with... Okay, so I did a lot of soul searching. The Lost City. Oh, is that with Charlie Hunnam? No. <laughs> thinking of z is it z the lost city of gold yeah the oh. lost city of z no this is uh sandra bullock daniel radcliffe and channing tatum oh, yeah! <laughs> with brad pitt brad pitt of yes. all fucking people um so Holy i watched shit. this because daniel radcliffe and sandra and bullock he's a villain right yes and he does a fucking good job at it too full beard and all um but sandra bullock is like my favorite now i have this raging war against channing tatum where i refuse 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 i don't see i don't see it i don't see it and as i'm watching this i'm gonna tell you what i thought of channing first right as i'm watching this (laughs) i appreciate the body it's that fucking face i can't (laughs) i cannot it is that fucking face that i cannot deal with i'm sorry he got a butter face like, I'll put my flag over his face and say I did it for country, but that's about it. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't fuck with his face. I can't fuck with okay. his face. Okay. <laughs> now, what makes that tolerable is that I actually do enjoy him in comedies. Like, yes. his acting. Like, he is... 21 Jump Street, gold. Yes. Like, yeah. I've seen him in some romance stuff. No. Don't really no. like it. Because, again, that face. But, like, this, like, he was so insecure and just vulnerable. Okay, so that's good. And so I was like, aw, like, that's kind of cute. You're still ugly, but that's cute a little bit, you know? No, I like seeing a conventionally hot man be that insecure. Well, yeah, that I like that, too. Like, I'm trying to slap a leash on you and make you beg. And put butter on that butter face. <laughs> yeah, it might make it better. Oh, no. It might make it better. So, so Sandra mean. Bullock did amazing. Um, Daniel Radcliffe did amazing. Uh, <laughs> was he funny? Was he in there for more than five seconds? Brad Pitt kicked ass. He was in there, uh, I think it was like five minutes, maybe bordering on See, ten. See, I hate when they play that He did that some cool-ass shit. Um... No, but it was it was worth seeing him in there. Like he just it just brought me back to M- Mr. and Mrs. Smith mm. and just that sexiness and stuff like that. Um, Are they still married? No. So basically, let me uh, read you the synopsis here. A reclusive romance novelist on a book tour with her cover model gets swept up in a kidnapping attempt that lands them both in a cutthroat jungle adventure. I forgot that's what it was about. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> he was like, Fabio goes to the Amazon. <laughs> oh my God. So they're on tour together and at their first, like, she's just tired of it. She doesn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> she was... 
she was like a legitimate treasure hunter, like an archaeologist with her husband. And he had died. Fuck that and write romance. Well, he died. And and a lot of her books, like she she had been a writer for a long time because all of her books were based on their actual adventures. Oh, okay. Right? Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So um, they're on tour and she's basically saying to like her manager, she's like, I'm so sick of this shit. Like, I don't want to do it anymore. And she gets up on stage and she's really fucking awkward and like just, I'm not happy to be here. But then Channing comes in with his fucking button down and wig yeah and 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 apparently like they've done this together quite a bit yeah so he's like trying to talk her down and be like hey it's fine like calm down and you can tell that like oh you have a crush on her immediately you can see like he likes her and she's just like her Probably like you. Yes. Like, bitch, yes! you have a butt Yes. No, no, wait, no, go back. No. Her mentality towards him is my mentality. And this is awful for me to say, but this is just something that I can't help because this has just been my experience with good looking men. Not much going on up there. So she looks at him and she's like, I know exactly what and who you are. You don't need to tell me. And he's like, you don't fucking know me because you've never sat down to talk to me. And she's like, yeah, okay. And he's like, all right, then you tell me who I am. And the shit that she was saying, I was like, yep. Yep. <laughs> and then he was like, no. And I was like, mm, but you, you are. <laughs> but you are. And it's just like, I, I, when I feel that way towards somebody... Does that make me an incel? I don't hate them. No, it doesn't make me an incel. Oh my God, I scared myself for a moment there. Because I see good looking people and immediately I just, and I try not to, but I judge. And I don't think that that's something that we can all, yeah, that we can't help. But what I try to do differently from her is that like, yo, I'll I'll give you a chance to like, Explain yourself. Exactly. I don't want to say it like that, but please. You either confirm my suspicions or. Or I learn something new and be like, you know what? They're not. It's not always that way. They're the exception or whatever. But regardless, he does end up being really sweet. He's very considerate. Like, so she got kidnapped and he saw it happen. So he. (laughs) He hires. Um, oh God, what's Brad Pitt's name in this? Jack Trainer. Oh he's like, we did like this meditative thing together, but like he's my trainer. So he answers the phone. Do you remember in Fight Club when the narrator calls him from the payphone and he calls back and he's eating chips? That's how he answers the phone. He's like, Jack Trainer, and he's eating chips. Yeah. And and um, what's his name? Alan. That's his name. Channing Tatum's name in this fucking movie is Alan. Such a plain yeah, ass it name. is. Um, her name is Loretta. Um, Sandra Bullock's name. So Alan's like, "Hey, so this is what went down. Can you help me?" And he was like, "Fine, I'll help you." So he goes out to the fucking jungle and meets with Jack Trainer, and he has a bag and he packed water and like power bars and he packed her a pair of boots because he knew that when they kidnapped her she was in heels and that her feet were probably going to be killing her so he packed her boots and um when she was when she was kidnapped she was like what is this is this like taken yeah, is that yeah, what this yeah. is and there was like this whole thing uh daniel radcliffe is just like no you know this is just i, I didn't mean for it to come off that way it's just that i need help finding this item and you wrote all about it and you know how to translate this, oh, which is the location it... of where this item is. So I just want you to translate it for me so that I can get what I want. I get it now. And then you can go home and I can go home and we can all be happy. <laughs> that turned around real quick. Um, it always does. I enjoyed this. It sounds like you did. But that... Fi- Come on. You cannot tell me. That's ugly. It's just it's his face. Do you know what's hilarious? Do you know what is absolutely hilarious? And I don't want to be like hipsterish, like I loved him for everybody else, but he was in Coach Carter with Sam Jackson. Many, 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 even before Step was, Up. He was. It was the basketball okay, movie. So Coach Carter and I'm so sorry. <laughs> 
fucking hell. And was it Step Up that he was in? Yeah. Those movies, I was like, yo, this man is fine. And I'll tell you what it was. His face was a lot slender. Yeah, because he was younger. This ain't it for me. It's like his face widened out and it's still chunky like this. I can see, I can see, okay. I just don't, I don't, I don't like, like it. Like a puffed don't out like in a it. bad way. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're not aging gracefully. Not like our Jensen. Like a fine no, fucking wine. No. But I loved him in 21 Jump Street. Same. I didn't really care for the Magic Mike movies. Like, there were moments, I like, I am still very much impressed by his dancing skills, which oh, he shows oh, yeah. off in this movie. Yeah, of course. Point. Like, because he was a dancer first. <laughs> but Coach Carter, I was like, I don't know who he is, but I, I just remember being so like crushing hard. Yeah. And then Step Up came out, and I was like, Oh my god, it's him! And then he blew up, and I was yes. like, I don't like him anymore. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happened to me. Yeah. And then he got super ugly, and I was like, You know what? No, girl, I can't. We're all shallow. I can't love that face. Not even his mama could look. His mother, probably, but that's about it. And I'm just like, I I cannot. Like, (laughs) his comedic ability, though. On point. Is on point. It's on point. Yeah. So, like, put him and Jonah Hill together. In an alternate reality, I met Channing Tatum. I I said this to Javi. I was like, I would friend zone him so So fucking hard, so fucking fast. And even if we were friends, I would still laugh and be like, you're gross. Yep. Yeah. I could totally see that. I just, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, don't look at me. You're nasty. Put a paper bag on and then yeah. you can. <laughs> it's like when you're taking off your shirt and you get to right here. Stop right there. Yep. Just stop right there. Yep. Right there. You're perfect. Yep. Don't say a word. Don't lower your arms. <laughs> God, we're so bad. I know. But that know, is a much better. But... So you'd give that like high price? Yeah. Oh, he was in that White House Down movie, too. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. was more of a serious. Action I just, role. I just don't know. I don't know what happened. He was such a beautiful, gorgeous man, and then you think he got work done? I, I, you know, I really fucking hope not. I think maybe it's just because I love the ghetto version of him more that could than be it. than like a polished look. Because even in Magic Mike, like when he was in sweatpants and his baggy shirts, I was like, and he's wearing his hat, I'm like, you know what? That aesthetic is working for me. And he wore a lot of sweatpants. But anything other than that, I'm like, yo, Channing Tatum, you're fucking gross. Yo, I cannot! Hang on, I want to look up Channing Tatum and Coach Carter. Oh, I have it right here. Um, No, I just need a picture, because I want to see mm -hmm. what I Mm -hmm. liked. Mm -hmm. He was in that weird movie, Foxcatcher. Never saw. That was with, um... He's not even that, like... Hot. With Steve Carell, where the wrestler, like look, look at, look at, look at, look at, like it's not even. I don't, I don't know. No. Yeah, no, no. no. I think it's the ratio of like eye to nose to lips. It's it's very much like everything is very center. So like his forehead's big, and then his cheeks are big, and it's to everything else. Like his eyes are small, his nose is small. That is not a good look for you, brother. <laughs> And then something happened in this movie because he had hair. And then in one scene, he had a shaved head. And I was like, continuity? What yeah. the fuck happened? And it doesn't help. Hey, hey, this doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> Leave this him alone. doesn't help. Like, uh, and I think I, I just liked feel him like, because he was shirtless I just some of the feel time. like, you know why you liked him in Coach Carter? When he had his hoodie on. Yeah. You see? Is that, that was like the Eminem thing to do, you know? Yes! But there's something about a white boy that can dance. Because, you know, he got the... You know how to use those hips. Who knows? It might be trash. True, I don't know. Because then it goes along with, like, okay, so you're good looking. Are you expected to do any work in bed? Or are you just laying there? I love that we're just trashing on Tatum. <laughs> Title! Trashing on Tatum, for sure. But Jesus. it's like... I just... I. I see what you I mean, though, girl, and his I second acting you. ability. I enjoy his abs. That's it. That's where it ends. Yeah. Even his name, I actually kind of like it. And then I think of his face, and I'm name. like, "That's yeah. that needs to work. That you need to work on that. <laughs> you need to work. You and then, can't and help then, the shape of your face. And then so it doesn't help that he has blatantly admitted that he's a functioning alcoholic." 
And you know what? That's what you look like. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm telling you right now. If I went to Boston and he was there filming a movie, I would literally walk by and be like, he'd be like, oh, have a good morning. Yeah, asshole. <laughs> Welcome to Boston. <laughs> Welcome to Boston, fuckface. <laughs> like, really? Fuckface. That's what you is. Like, <laughs> I just, and I look at his face and it makes me mad. You are very strong-willed about this. Because it makes me so mad. Like, you are You're- supposed to be a good-looking man. What the fuck happened? <laughs> What? Did the years of Hollywood just wear on you and this is what happened? You ever seen those before and after shots of men that went to like Nam and then came back? Fucked up. Is, is that what happened? You are going off right now. Oh my God. What is happening? Oh, I can't. Good job though. <laughs> Sorry, Channing. <laughs> Just, I don't know. Get a specialist or something. Cause... You can't change the shit. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's something they can give him a lift. And then... <laughs> Open your eyes. <laughs> they give him a lift and then they tuck in those. I don't know. Like, he's got dimples. They're not doing Stitch anything your ears for back. you. Yo, maybe a little bit. Like, oh my God, get your terrible. teeth fixed. I don't. You know what he looks like in this picture? you guys if he was good looking if yeah if if he got worked on his face this is what sloth would look like you're terrible so to end this have a good night